Welcome to the Not Last Podcast, Season 1, Episode 8. I'm your host, Andrew Neil Nunez. Today's topic is titled Envision Success How I've Used the Power of Visualization Through Vision Boards to Change My Current Reality. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. Welcome, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Not Last Podcast. I'm going to start with a little bit of an update. Last week was getting uh, pretty dark and pretty grim. Uh, The smoke and wildfires from the holiday campfire uh, have been uh, egregious and pretty severe. But um, day before yesterday, so today is Sunday, September 20th. So on the 18th of September, the smoke started to clear up. And uh, yesterday, the 19th, Saturday, I was actually able to finally go for a bike ride and touch my bike after not having touched it for uh, almost 10 days. So that was very invigorating. Everyone who was anyone was outside yesterday. And uh, today I was working at the bike shop and we were just a constant stream of people coming and going and everyone was in a very good mood, (laughs) uh, which was nice to see um, that uh, we can finally breathe fresh air, which is uh, something I guess we can never, ever, ever take for granted. But I never thought that we would actually have to have that conversation or have that that conscious thought that we would have a problem breathing fresh air but uh, we can breathe fresh air now so that's pretty amazing and uh, training has has progressed I did a a pretty massive ride yesterday and the body was pretty tired and unwilling but um, I (laughs) I did it anyway I had bigger plans to do about five hours but my coach this is why I have a coach uh, was like you need to back off, you need to do, you know, maybe four or so. But I did a whole lot more climbing than I expected to do. And so I ended up with three and a half. So we'll (laughs) we'll call it a compromise. Other news and other updates. Uh, The Tour de France just ended uh, today on September 20th. Uh, If you listen to my previous podcast episode about the Lantern Rouge, uh, this tour is... uh, incredible. It did not disappoint. It was one of the most volatile, dramatic, and explosive tours uh, that I've ever seen. And that uh, some of these commentators, Phil Liggett, for example, who is mm, effectively the voice of of cycling, he uh, also mentioned that he had never seen a tour this uh, diverse and, and exciting to watch in his 43 years of commentating on the race. So it was uh, really amazing to watch. I would encourage you to pick up even the the YouTube 20-minute or 10-minute recaps of each stage. Start at stage one and start to follow the drama and everything that happened from each and every stage all the way to the all the way through to the end. It was just phenomenal. Stage 19 of 20 was just out of this world. I was on the edge of my seat. I have been streaming it live every morning. Uh, before work and before Lauren wakes up and I think I may have woke her up because I was yelling at the at the phone uh, too much because I was I was so amped up watching these guys race it was just phenomenal so I'd encourage you to watch the tour if you don't have the 30 plus hours to watch the full length of the tour then watch the five or ten minute recap of each stage it is pretty darn phenomenal So now that you are all caught up with the latest news and gossip of last week, I'm going to talk to you today about a personal journey that I've been on for a number of years. And this uh, pretty 
well parallels my athletic goals and endeavors. So I'm going to start with a little bit of background. Uh, about 10 years ago, I graduated college in the peak of the recession. So this was 2010, 2011. Um, there were no jobs available, period, let alone uh, jobs in my career field of outdoor pursuits and education and nonprofit management and administration, if that wasn't specific for you enough. So peak of the recession and there's no jobs available. My girlfriend, uh, now wife, <laughs> we were still dating at the time, um, we moved up uh, with her parents in hopes that we could find jobs up in, we left Eugene, Oregon up uh, and headed up to Portland, Oregon and moved in with them and tried to find jobs. And eventually we did find jobs. Lauren got a job. She has experience in a law firm and has been a paralegal for about a decade and I hunted around and finally landed a job selling shoes at REI. I knew that would just be kind of a, a stepping stone or a platform to kind of get started and, and just get some income so we could move out of her parents' house. Um, it's no fun to be the boyfriend of somebody living in your uh, girlfriend's parents' house. So uh, in that time, we got engaged. And um, we actually got engaged on... Uh, watching the tour at a little French bakery up in Portland. So that was pretty special, but uh, I digress. <laughs> but we were able to move out of their house and get a tiny little studio apartment where uh, we also rescued a kitty and we had Jacqueline for a long time. She was an old lady and I miss her. She was a sweet kitty. But uh, this is a real trip down, <laughs> down memory lane. So I uh, hope you've uh, you brought your comfortable chair or listening something uh, that is not super important until we get into the, the meat and potatoes of today's episode. Uh, the vegan meat and potatoes of today's episode. Let me be clear. So we're up in Portland. I'm working for REI, slinging shoes and selling socks and uh, I don't know, whatever else, everything and every, anything and everything that REI sells. I worked in every department and um, they found that I had some skill uh, and that I could be moved up in responsibilities and so on and so forth. So I eventually made my way into the bike shop and was helped to run the bike shop and the ski shop there for a number of years before uh, we kind of started to realize that I think it's time to make a change. Like Lauren doesn't want to work as a paralegal forever. She ultimately... Our ultimate goal was to make it back down to Eugene, Oregon, so that um, we could get back involved with the university. And Lauren's dream job or dream uh, of hers is to is to get back at the University of Oregon and working for them. So we started to think about, well, what what do we do? How do we do this? Like there are so many moving parts, and the logistics and the planning and everything was just so utterly overwhelming. But we saw, just perusing the rabbit hole of YouTube, we watched this TED Talk about vision boarding. And so what this vision boarding thing is, is where you take down a piece of paper. In this case, we had a big old whiteboard that I would write my workouts on. And so we would we got the whiteboard markers out and we, we started to draw our current reality. And our current reality the purpose of this TED Talk was to to help realize and what your current situation was, referred to as your current reality, and then 
also realize and visualize what your desired reality was. So at the time, our current reality was we had a studio apartment that was full of mold and we wanted to get out of there. Had a job that seemingly wasn't really going anywhere. Lauren was frustrated with her job as a paralegal. It's She was doing, more specifically, she was doing litigation defense. And so it was pretty soul-sucking work to do. And we just weren't really happy with where we were. We didn't really like living in Portland. The big big city of Portland just wasn't really doing it for us. Uh, we didn't like that we had to drive everywhere to get anywhere. Riding your bike, you had to ride you know, 45 minutes to get out of town before you could actually start your, your training ride. Our team rides, I was racing for Team Oregon at the time, and our team rides met at a high school. So every morning we'd get up, I'd wake up early and drive to a high school to go ride my bike to then load it up and drive home. It was just, it took most of the day to do this. And it was just, it was not the lifestyle that we wanted. It works for some, but it, it really didn't work for us. So we started to ask ourselves, well, what is our current reality and what is our desired reality? And the current reality, we started to draw this like hovel of a shack on the whiteboard. So that represented our our uh, moldy, dirty little apartment. Um, oh, the place, we, we got so sick by the time, we didn't realize just how sick we were until we left that apartment and moved into some place that wasn't full of black mold. It was cut into the side of this hill, and it was a very steep hill, and all of the drainage and all the water would just come down and like pour into our cinder block apartment, like a basement apartment. It was awful. But anyways, so that was we'd, one. We we'd drew our, our hovel that we lived in. We uh, knew we weren't going to give up Jacqueline, so uh, we drew her as our current reality, and then we also drew her in our desired reality because we wanted her to come with us. She was part of the family and was a non-negotiable. Lauren is also part of the family and a non-negotiable, as am I. Um, Bikes were also part of the equation because bikes are a very big part of my life and thus also Lauren's life and Jacqueline's life at the time, uh, was that I was looking for a new team and didn't really know... I was frustrated with with the uh, organization and management of of the team I was with here in Portland, and needed a change. So I I started to look around pretty hard for a new team. I quit Team Oregon, and then just kind of went solo for for a season until I could I could find one. I was still looking around. So that was that was the desired reality. As I wanted a new team, so I drew a bicycle with a question mark around a jersey. Then we started to look at, well, we're tired of living in this place. And instead of this hovel apartment, we want to live in a house. We really, really wanted to live in a house. So we drew our house. We drew um, a representative of Eugene. So we drew a flower and a peace sign. That's representative of the hippie town of Eugene, Oregon. And then um, we also drew that both of us wanted new jobs. And I wanted to get my my category upgrade uh, for road racing and time trialing so I could race in the faster categories. So we put those all on the list. I believe we also had maybe we wanted a garden with some raised beds. So we drew um, sprouts and a raised bed and and gardens. Let me make this very clear that we are not artists by any stretch of the word. I am quite skilled at a stick figure and I can draw a very loosely uh, resembling shape of a bicycle and a cat. But the cat is a stick figure cat. So <laughs> that's that's about what I can do. Lauren's about the same. Maybe a little better. She's usually better at most things. But uh, I was in charge of the, the Sharpie markers or the, the dry erase markers. So I was the, the artist. Okay. So we did this. We had our current reality, which was we had a bike. We had garbage jobs. 
The only thing good about this was that we had a really adorable cat that we loved more than anything in the world and um, that we were finally on our own. And then we had our desired reality of all the things that we wanted to do. Uh, we wanted us also was to go to Europe. And we had plans to go to Europe as a, a honeymoon after we were, because we were engaged at the time, we wanted to go to, uh, to France for a honeymoon. So that was also on the list. So we sketched this out. And the, the other part, the next part to this uh, vision boarding is to put it up somewhere that you see it. And there was no actual plans made. We just sketched this out sketch this out and then set it up uh, on this. We had a big, it was a big whiteboard. So we just set it up against the bookshelf and it was just something we would walk by multiple times a day. You would see this all the time. You would think about it because you're seeing these pictures and you're, you're, you're seeing it and you're internalizing all of the time, all of these, these images that are just kind of being in, engraved in your brain and in your mind. So we continued to have this up for probably a couple of months, two or three months maybe. And then just having that up and available, seeing where we wanted to be, seeing where we were at, it made us more open to new experiences and opportunities that would present themselves down the line. It was just that constant visual reminder that was like, okay, be open to this. If something comes by, don't shy away. If an opportunity becomes present, don't say no. Consider it and be more open to saying yes. Be more open to change because the only way we were going to make a change is to change. And so after a month or two, maybe three, maybe more, I'm not sure. But after a few months, a handful of months, things began to move. They began to shift. Lauren had an opportunity to quit her job. She Let me rephrase that. She elected to quit her job to explore an opportunity of going to grad school online, which then didn't anchor us because she's always and forever will be the breadwinner of this family. Uh, but that didn't anchor us to Portland anymore. It was scary because it was a loss of income and we were taking out loans for her to go to grad school to get her master's in library science and archives. But for her to get her MLS degree, um, that had to happen. And we weren't, gonna, we weren't able to travel across the country somewhere on the East Coast to go do an in-person MLS. So, so this actually worked out really well. We got married and we got a chance to go to France and we spent three weeks honeymooning in France following, obviously following the tour. This was in 2015. And while I was there, there was an opportunity uh, at uh, a wheel building manufacturer here in Eugene. And I interviewed, actually, I interviewed over Skype uh, while we were while we were sitting in the hotel lobby in Nice. I was interviewing over Skype with the folks at this wheel production company, and um, they hired me. So I came back and put in my two weeks and uh, with REI after three or four years with them, and uh, yeah, and, <laughs> and finally got got out of there and and moved on uh, down to Eugene. So that Lauren not being anchored and my opportunity became present at uh, to move to Eugene. And so we packed up and left. So when we were chasing jobs and chasing, you know, our dream to get back down to Eugene, Oregon, we uh, started in Portland in 
in Lake Oswego. Then we went down to Tualatin, and then we went down to Salem. I opened the Salem Kaiser REI store, built the shop, and hired the staff and trained the mechanics down there. And then we went uh, back down from Salem Kaiser to Eugene. So we just kind of traveled up and down the I-5 corridor, which is the, if you're from California, it's the 5 or Interstate 5, or uh, for those of you locals, we call it I-5. But known by many names, but it is the north-south interstate that um, that goes up and down the um, uh, the west coast here. So we make it down from Salem-Kaiser, and I put in my two weeks. We come back from France, and we find haphazardly a house here in Eugene. And it is perfect location. We are two miles from her work, two miles from my work. Um, and at the time, Lauren was was doing student internships at both state schools, both at the uh, Oregon State University and at the University of Oregon. Ultimately, she wanted to be at the University of Oregon, so we were going to foster that opportunity and try and grow that chance uh, more by being physically here in Eugene. And and that was a calculated risk, but but it surely paid off. Now she's full-time faculty at the U of O. U of o. Um, with a pretty high up position, which is uh, pretty amazing. Not unsurprising because she is exceptional at what she does, and I'm very proud of her. But, um, you know, this whole time she was told, no, you're going to have to travel around and relocate multiple times before you can get back to this kind of university, or this university is too prestigious, you can't get there, you're going to have to travel, you're going to have to travel, you're going to have to travel and relocate and relocate. Um, she said, thanks, but no. I'm going to get there through my own hard work in Palmars. And sure enough, Lauren did that. But that just further uh, continued to anchor us here in Eugene. So we find a house. We find jobs. We continue to move forward with our lives. We still have our cat, Jacqueline. Um, several years ago, sadly, she passed away. She was she was about 20 years old, we estimate. She was a very old lady when we rescued her. We had her for about four or five years uh, before she passed away. Um, miss her like crazy, but we still have reminders of her all over the house. And um, that was that was sad. That was hard to, to come by. That was over the winter right before Christmas. But um, we, we've moved on from that. We still remember her and celebrate her. But um, that was sadly one thing that, that didn't continue on our vision board was, was the loss of Jacqueline. However, we did rescue another kitty uh, uh, a few months afterwards. She is a big tater tot. Her name is Sylvie, and um, she, is, she is quite her own person, <laughs> but she is also our new, newish addition to the family. Uh, we have two cats, Sylvie and Eleanor, and Eleanor has... Um, She's much younger than Sylvie. Sylvie's four or five, and Eleanor's one, maybe two. So she's still got a lot of feisty kitty in her, and we are still learning how to deal with a cat versus rescuing um, an old lady. Both of them are rescues, and we believe uh, very strongly that, that we uh, everyone should rescue pets because they are uh, definitely in need of a second chance. Yet, I digress. Uh, slightly. This kind of ties in. So... I'm looking for, so all of this is coming together. I have a job that I'm enjoying at the time, and uh, Lauren's got some some promising leads with the university, and we are moving forward. The one thing we haven't addressed yet is the training 
and the training has significantly improved. Suddenly from our doorstep, five minutes, and I'm out in the middle of the countryside. So I can train again, I can ride again, and I'm away from traffic. And the accessibility here in Eugene versus Portland is just world-class. The road riding here in Eugene is absolutely world-class. The mountain biking, the gravel riding, all of the the biking anything here in Eugene is absolutely phenomenal. You don't find it this good almost anywhere else, maybe short of France. Maybe Tucson. Tucson's pretty amazing too, but Eugene is absolutely phenomenal. You can ride year-round here in Eugene. We just get a lot of rain, so you just have to be prepared for rain and have a dedicated rain bike and, and dedicated fenders. Good rain jacket too. But with the training improving and increasing substantially, um, I started to hunt around for team opportunities. And I had a loose friendship and loose relationship with um, Rob English of English Cycles. And he made us a set of um, bicycles. He made a his and hers bicycle, a road bike pair for Lauren and myself. Uh, that was one of our, our wedding registry gifts was a pair of his his bicycles. That's a, a dream bike of mine was to have a custom-made English cycles bicycle. He builds in steel and, and is just, just a beautiful bike. But through this process of getting that those bikes built, um, he gave me the opportunity to join his little racing team. And there's only, you know, five of us or so. And I took him up on that. And I joined his, his team. And they're pretty serious, but also not super serious. So it was a nice blend of of kind of amateur racing. Um, Rob has a pedigree in, in road racing and specifically time trials. And so he and I were able to, we have strengthened our relationship pretty strong now. Um, that's an understatement. He's my best friend. Yeah, there you go. But <laughs> so we just geek out all the time about aerodynamics and bikes and, and tour and races and you name it about bike and we geek out about it. Um, animals and veganism are also two very big things for both of us. And we geek out about that and talk about that a lot too. So um, that continued and I got to train and race with a new, have a new training partner that has become a consistent, reliable training partner and racing captain. And um, ultimately, I got my upgrade and got a team. And so suddenly, we look back at this vision board, and it's all become true. Just visualizing where you're at and seeing where you want to be, but having that actual physical drawing of where you want to be that's meaningful to you and seeing it day in and day out, just all the time. You're sitting there staring at your phone or you're staring off into space. Chances are I was looking at that whiteboard trying to think of how I can make this happen. It's not an all-consuming thought that just takes over everything. It's more of a low hum in the back of your mind that you just constantly are just kind of rolling around back there, just like loose marbles. They're just slowly bouncing into each other desired reality, current reality. And then as opportunities become present, you can look at them and say, does this meet with my current reality and continue my, my, my trend in this reality? Or does it meet with my desired reality? And if it meets, if this opportunity that is, be, that is in front of me, if it meets my desired reality, I need to take advantage of it. I need to be open to it. I need to say yes to that opportunity. And over, you know, the course of probably a year or two, we finally had everything on our vision board. And we, we were looking at this and we're like, 
holy cow. Got the job, got the house, got the cat, got the this, got the that, got the that. Everything is has come to fruition. And then we rewatched the TED Talk about vision boarding. And I'll post that TED Talk in my uh, show notes. It's a really good one. It's about 10, 15 minutes. Um, and the lady who does it is is really empowering and, and really interesting to to listen to. So uh, I'll put that put that up in the show notes that you can listen to the TED Talk and and maybe try your own vision boarding. And that's that's ultimately what I'd what I'd encourage you to do after listening to this episode. Uh, maybe you find it inspiring. I hope you do. Maybe you are frustrated with your current reality and your current situation. And you're like, I need to make a change, but I don't know what that first step is. This is the first step. Guarantee you, if you want to make a change to where you're at, doing this vision board is your first step. It's not, okay, I just got to quit my job and I'll figure it out. It's not making these giant leaps. It is recognizing where you are, recognizing where you want to go, and being open to having those gaps slowly filled in. Start with a vision board. Watch this TED Talk. It is pretty phenomenal. It worked for me. Everything came true. There was very little that was outside of that vision board that um, I we didn't account for. And it kind of surreal. It felt kind of weird. Like, mm, magical is not the right term, but uh, eerie is also not the right term. Somewhere there's a blend between magical and eerie. The word is escaping me right now, but that's the word. So be open to these possibilities take these calculated yet scary risks. We lost half of our income when Lauren went to grad school, but we knew that the payoff could be so great that it was worth taking that risk. You know, the the two of us lived have lived off of almost any income and we can figure it out. We've lived uh, for the pair of us at less than $30,000 a year and can make all of our payments, not going into debt, not exceed our credit card bills, um, Thankfully, now we we have surpassed that um, minimum qualification of uh, combined household income, but we can do it. We learned to do it. You will adapt. But the payoff in the long-term payoff, it's not the short-term payoff, was so great that we are where we want to be and happy with how we got there. So now that we have not made it, but achieved this level of stability, during this wildfire smoke and and kind of shut in, uh, Lauren and I have talked about wanting to make a new vision board and say, okay, here is our current reality. How do we make it better? Like what is standing in the way of my current reality to achieve my desired reality? And I think we started to narrow it down that there are some things for her and some things for me that need to change to achieve where we want to go. At the time, like Olympics for me has always been a dream, but it never really was on the table until I received my dual citizenship with Chile. So now that it's on the table, now I see that my current reality is at odds with where I want to go and something is going to have to shift. Something will have to be adjusted if I want to make this um, a viable opportunity for me, of which I do more than anything and with every fiber of my being, I want to try and make this Olympic dream a reality. So Paris 2024 is still on the books and it needs to become now an even bigger priority to try and achieve, but something has to change. And so that's where 
I need to start to make a new vision board and recognize what those gaps are and how I can be making myself more open to those opportunities when they become apparent, when they become present. Lauren is also in the same boat with, she's at the University of Oregon, but the question starts to grow of like, okay, well, what is next in my career? We're, we're in our 30s and we, we want more. We are hungry, we are motivated, and we want a change. So we're going to make change. We're going to make that happen. And we're going to adjust our current reality with our desired one, to achieve our desired one. So there you have it. That's that's the vision board shtick. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed this. I hope that you can see the progression of how this started and, and how we, we made some active choices to be able to get to where we are now. I'm very happy with where I am, but I feel like it can be better and I want to take advantage of that opportunity or make those opportunities for myself. And same with my wife. And I hope if if you are listening to this, I hope that you you saw that progression and you uh, have a little bit of inspiration to maybe start to vision board. And like I said, if you're not happy with the position that you're in, then this is the first step, the first step to making that change and seeing where you want to go and how you want to get there. You don't have to have all the answers. I surely don't and I never will. But anytime I get stuck with where I want to go, I start with a vision board and it it works out for me. It is a really great and very powerful tool to draw down and leave these 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 um not verbal imprints but these these visual imprints in your mind to think back when you think about the cat, I think about Jacqueline. When I think about a house, I I think back to our old moldy apartment and you know, so I, I have these images burned into my brain that that uh, I can't get rid of, and it's much more powerful to have that than than a stack of words that you have to try and recall. Um, yeah, there you go. I will leave you uh, with once again asking you to do three things. First, stay on target. It has been if you are on the West Coast, uh, I hope you have fresh air. I hope that you. Um, uh, can be outside and that you haven't suffered any any losses due to the wildfires or any any of that. If you have, I'm so sorry and my heart goes out to you. But first and foremost, I'll ask you stay on target. Stay the course. You can do this. Two, tell your friends about this. We've almost hit the 500 download mark and this is very exciting. I never expected this. This podcast is growing exponentially. Um, and it's really fun and exciting. So help spread the word. Tell your friends. I don't make any money from this. This is not a monetized podcast, at least for now. I don't know if this is a route I want to go or not. But before I do, I'll put the word out and let you guys know and you can decide how you want to interact with me. But for now, this is not a monetized podcast. This is just my own little fun little project. And I keep getting these notifications from... Uh, from our hosting site, from my hosting site, that's like, you hit the new download mark, you hit the new download mark, and I'm almost at the 500 download mark. So tell your friends, help me spread this word. Uh, this has been really fun, and let's let's see where it goes. I, I'm excited that you are here and along for the journey with me. And three, I've asked you the first, the last two episodes, what's that first step? And 
What is that next step? How do you get there? Three is to at least take a few minutes and think about your current reality. Draw it down on a scrap piece of paper, on a napkin, on whatever, on the back of your checkbook, if you still have a checkbook, Uh, (laughs) whatever. Draw me your current reality. I don't want to see it. This is your own personal journey. But take the few minutes and draw it out. Sketch it out. You can be, this is only for you. This isn't to share. So it can be as bad of a drawing or as bad of an artist. Or if you are an artist, I'm jealous. And you can show us your amazing prowess as an art uh, uh, aficionado. Fantastic. But the third thing I will ask you to do for this this episode and going into next week is draw your current reality. If you feel ambitious enough, draw your desired reality or at least put a couple things in there that you want to do. And I will leave you with that. Until next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Not Last Podcast. Be sure to subscribe. New episodes drop weekly. Follow us on Instagram at notlast underscore podcast. This podcast is produced solely by me. If you like what you hear, be sure to tell your friends. Seriously, all of your friends need to know about this. This music is generously permitted by the illustrious Flamingosis, and my amazing artwork was created by the extremely talented Paige Anochibar. Give them a follow and be sure to support local artists. You can find and subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher podcasts. And most recently, we were just added to the Amazon podcast playlist. You can find us there as well. Coming up next week, I'm going to talk about recovery and when it's time to take a break. I'm excited you're here, and I do hope you'll come back soon.